Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt.co, my name is Matthew Aaron. Today, Ethereum is the first choice for a European Union blockchain startups. IOHK goes big on Shelly and is going to give out over $20 million in Cardano development funds. And in our main story today, I'm going to give an op-ed inspired by the Decrypt story, How Bitcoin and DeFi Can Help Marginalized Communities by Jason Nelson. And I think that we can all learn something from the past on the Decrypt Daily. Happy Friday, everybody. July 3rd, 2020. I'm recording this at 1.30 p.m. And we're going to go into 4th of July weekend. I want to say happy birthday to the United States of America. It's been a struggle, ups and downs, but we're here and it's a great place to live. I know that a lot of people, including myself, will be drinking beer, having barbecues. I actually am going to be making wood fire pizza at my brother's wood fire pizza oven in his backyard and, well, enjoying the holiday weekend. But before we get into the festivities, let's see how the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency markets are doing. So it looks as though Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and XRP are our best stable coins today. They have literally not budged much from yesterday. And unless you're a scalp trader, the amount that they moved is insignificant. And if you are a scalp trader, then you're definitely looking at these prices, but you're looking at the minute charts and not anything I'm going to tell you in 24 hour cycles. But briefly, Bitcoin sitting at $9,092, Ethereum $226, Litecoin $4136, Bitcoin Cash $221.92, and XRP $17.7. Hey everyone, so I was inspired by a Decrypt story today. The story is called, How Bitcoin and DeFi Can Help Marginalized Communities. And just so happened yesterday, last night I had a PowerPoint presentation of the many different things I do. I do this podcast, of course I organize, and I get involved with the community as much as I can. The PowerPoint presentation yesterday was on segregation and redlining and loan practices in the Cleveland area from 1910 through the suburban sprawl. It is super interesting. I'm going to tell you a little bit about this history in just a minute. But it inspired me and allowed me to realize that if this could happen in this country in a way that they used finances and banking and loans and covenants and laws disempower certain people of the United States, then we should be looking for solutions to this. So we never, as the people of the United States of America, are put in this situation ever again. And Bitcoin and DeFi could be that solution. One thing that we all learn from history is that it sure does rhyme. And if something happened to somebody in the past, you better be sure that it's gonna happen to somebody else or a multiple of people in the future. So if we all wanna protect ourselves from loan practices, protect our wealth, protect our property, and protect our right to own and buy property, maybe, just maybe, we should think about what technologies can help us Hold on and preserve that right. Let me tell you a little bit about the history of Cleveland and redlining. The Great Migration was a time when a lot of freed slaves from the South found their way up north to the Midwest, the Northwest, and the Northeast 
for jobs. This was between 1910 and 1970. In the Midwest, they found jobs in manufacturing, steel industry, and automotive. From 1910 to 1930, Cleveland saw a rise in the African-American population from 8,500 to 72,000. Now, of course, they all needed a place to live. At first, they used zoning to prevent certain populations, well, African-Americans, from living in a community. They would basically just say, you can't live here. This is zoned for white people. Well, in 1917, that was struck down, and they said that that was unconstitutional. But real estate agents, landowners, and homeowners found different ways to restrict who can live on their property and in their houses. They found that they can write restrictive covenants into contracts, loans, and property land leases. Some of these covenants sounded like this. This is an actual covenant, line 14, under racial restrictions. It says, no property in said edition shall at any time be sold, conveyed, rented, or leased in whole or in part to any person or persons not of the white or Caucasian race. No other person than a white or Caucasian race shall be permitted to occupy any property or said addition or portion thereof or building thereon except a domestic servant actually employed by the person of the white or Caucasian race. So let me summarize that. That means that no black person can own the property, rent the property, live in the property unless they're a servant that's employed by a white person. Now, the question of is this covenant really legal raised a lot of questions, but they found that, yeah, yeah, they think it is. And it became that after 1926, Corrigan versus Buckley, this case affirmed the right for private individuals to impose such covenants. Here's another land covenant that might be of interest. It says, none of the said lands interest therein or improvements thereon shall hold, be resold, conveyed, leased, or rented in any way occupied or acquired in any way by people of Negro blood or any person in the Semitic race. Here's an ad from a realty company in Cleveland Heights, Ohio in 1929. Quote, surroundings where your neighbors are inevitably people of tastes in common with yours. The careful restrictions placed on Forest Hill today will never be lowered. Here's one from Shaker Heights, Ohio, 1925. Quote, the ever-present menace of every resident in Shaker Village and throughout Cleveland, unless a street is 100% signed up for restrictions, the danger of an undesirable neighbor is ever-present. Well, these covenants made restrictions, forced African-American people to live only in certain neighborhoods, but that wasn't good enough. They found that black people more and more were trying to live next to these neighborhoods because they wanted, well, what the neighbor, neighborhood has had, <laughs> affluence. And because of this, real estate agents would have informed realtors' opinions about certain areas to live. They would tell people that were trying to buy in those areas that there was strong colored infiltration or the neighborhood has virtually no market for white people due to the proximity of colored people. I just read from you from actual opinions from the informed realtors dated 1939. So there we have it. What to do? Well, here comes the prime suburban sprawl where white people left the inner city out to the suburbs to build, own, and purchase lands away from African-Americans. It is reported that less than 1% of all African-Americans were able to obtain mortgages to buy houses in the suburbs between 1930 and 1960. In Cleveland, African-Americans were primarily excluded to only live in a certain neighborhoods, Huff, Glenville, Mount Pleasant, and Central. Even to this day, they are majority black neighborhoods because redlining, where lines were drawn by the bank allowing black people to only purchase houses in those neighborhoods. And when they did, the interest on those loans were super high. So what are the impacts of redlining? Disinvestment in a community, housing decline, predatory lending, 
in property value loss. Well, this led to foreclosure and vacancies, and that led to higher crime, safety concerns, and health problems. There are many maps all around the country, you can look this up on Google, where higher lead in cities are located. They're usually located in the African-American communities. The other side of foreclosure and vacancy is wealth loss and a dwindling tax base. With less money in your city, think about hospitals, social services, mental health care, schools, and infrastructure. Okay, so that was a long history lesson. Thank you for listening. But what does it have to do with Bitcoin and DeFi? Here's the kicker. With these loans, with these practices, they were made by banks, they were made by financial systems, they were made by people that, well, had biases. And it might not go back to where it's a racial bias. There might not be religious bias in the future, but what biases could exist? And what are those biases to say, hey, you can buy a house or you can't buy a house. You can buy a house here or can't buy a house here. You can get a loan or you can't get a loan. Well, with Bitcoin, DeFi, and smart contracts, there are many, many ways and many different systems that are coming out that allows equality in lending practices. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's just going to get loans. I'm going to give you a loan. I'm going to give you a loan. I'm going to give you a loan. But there will not be discrimination between race, ethnicity, country of origin, religion, nor will you get a different interest rate with having the same qualifications. Why? Because there's transparency. There's going to be transparency in the system, on the blockchain, decentralized for all to see how the loans are being given out. So if there is discrimination within the lending practices, it can be addressed and it can be addressed not with people, but on the blockchain. Now, these kind of loans, they don't need credit. You don't have to have good credit. And of course, if you're from all the world, what is a standardized credit system? But you do need to have cryptocurrency and collateral. If you have $1,000 in crypto, you might be able to borrow up to $500 in cash. Utilizing what you have in crypto assets, you'll be able to leverage those crypto assets and build more and more wealth by taking out more and more loans. So the more of the story today is that we need to rethink our banking and our loan system. We need to think, how can we protect ourselves as people, as citizens, against unfair lending practices, unfair banking practices, and possible economic downturns? What systems can we have in place to hedge against those possible unfortunate outcomes and continue to thrive? That, in my opinion, is the meaning of Independence Day. In other news, are you a developer? Are you excited about the new Cardano Shelly launch? Well, if so, IOHK has just set aside $20 million for development on the platform. The typical investments will range between $250,000 and $500,000. So if you are a developer like Ada and want to kick off your company on Cardano, this is a great opportunity. And ironically, my next story is going to be that the Ethereum platform is the EU's first choice for blockchain startups. Nearly one third of European blockchain startups are using Ethereum and their Ethereum based products. That's huge. And of these startups, 60% are generating revenues. A third of them are generating revenues of up to 250,000 euro. I guess the more of the story is, blockchain's hot. Develop adapt on the blockchain. Investment in the U US and Europe is big. European venture capital money into blockchain funds total up around 100 million euro. Kind of pales in comparison to the 2 billion US dollars in the United States, but money's there and money's flowing into this industry. And finally, sad, sad news. Another currency hits an all-time low of 
one Satoshi. And here, welcome back to talk about it, is Adriana. Hey, hey, hey. Well, yesterday we were talking about the Lebanese lira um, reaching all-time lows uh, and also parity with Bitcoin's smallest unit, which is the Satoshi. Today, rather sadly, we've heard of another currency that has reached parity with the Satoshi, and that is the Argentinian Centavo, which is a hundredth of a peso, basically. Some of you may know that Argentina has been going through a bit of an economic crisis you kind of think well it's not unusual in Argentina's case and it also seems that almost everyone is going through a crisis these days but in with Argentina um, we've got inflation currently hovering at around 50% and that's not good we also think that this may not be the last currency we hear of reaching parity with the Satoshi yikes thanks Adriana Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to today's show, and I hope they have a great 4th of July weekend. Burgers, beers, pizzas, whatever you're doing, make sure you're enjoying it, but stay safe. Wear a mask. Coronavirus is still lurking out there. You can send me an email at matthewarin at decryptmedia.com. Send me an email for anything. I'd love to talk to people. Also, don't forget to follow my Twitter, Matthew Aaron Show, S-H-O, and the podcast Twitter, Decrypt Media. And finally, remember, wherever you listen to this, make sure you're subscribed, leave us a five-star rating and a comment. It helps us stay visible. I'm Matthew Aaron. Have a great 4th of July.